0: You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered.
1: B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles.
0: This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and
1: one. E First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles.
0: All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by BetOnline.ag. Promo code BLEE50 to get up to 50% matching on your initial deposit. Football season is here. Win some money with the Eagles Unfiltered team over at BetOnline.ag. BLEE podcast network presents the show. Connor Miles with Ed Kras as always. Ed Carson Wentz plays his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles, on Sunday. It's the Eagles versus the Washington Commanders, the first time Philadelphia gets to go against their former franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. What are your thoughts right now going into game week? This is our game preview show. We're going to give our thoughts and opinions, updates from what Ed heard during the week during training camp, uh, excuse me, during uh, the practices and uh, press conferences. So that's what we're going to start doing now, a little short, you know, maybe 20 minutes max game preview episodes. But, Ed, what are you hearing? What are you thinking? What did, what did this week give you? What kind of vibe?
1: I, don't forget our predictions, too, Connor. Um, yeah, put your predictions. That, those down for whatever it's worth. Mine stunk last week. But anyway. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. Um, Carson Wentz. You know he's excited about this game, right? Um, and I'm excited about this game. I think it's going to be really cool to see him match up against his former team. He said earlier in the week that you know he probably could have been a better teammate while he was in Philadelphia, and I'm thinking he probably meant when he got benched for Jalen Hurts. I know him and Jalen Hurts don't have any kind of relationship at all. Um, he didn't help Jalen even a little bit. Um, Hurts didn't even want to talk about it this week. I kind of asked him what he learned from him, and and he just said some things that he observed from him. You know, tough in the pocket, strong arm, but nothing on a verbal level where Carson gave him any sort of advice. And then he said, "I just want to move on. I don't want to talk about the past." So. Uh, you know, you know, as much as Carson wants to win this game, you know Jalen Hurts wants to as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was interesting to hear Carson talk about, you know, this week the, the admittance of, uh, you know, could have handled things a little bit different in Philadelphia during his tenure here. And then uh, Tim McManus drops that, that Palm article for ESPN, you know, pretty much highlighting the fact that Carson really kind of outed Jalen during his rookie season and pretty much tried to pretend that he wasn't there. Uh, and that's, I mean, not a surprise at all. I mean, all the leadership stuff that comes out about Carson Wentz lately, I mean, you know, how things fell apart in Indianapolis, it kind of just seems like, you know, Washington really was the perfect place for him because that's the team that really is desperate for a quarterback and doesn't really care how you act. Just go out there and play. Um, That just seems like perfect situation for him, perfect situation for the Eagles to move on with Jalen Hurts. So I just think, you know, there was a lot of focus this week on – and I, I honestly think – at the end of the day, because I remember when I reported this back, when you know, talking to uh, people close to Doug. At the end of the day, this this whole mantra of you know, I know you you believe it too, and I, I know that there is some merit to it, but I can't buy the fact, Howie Roseman spent a second round pick, a premium pick, on a backup quarterback. I can't. I know that was what the thought was envisioned at the time. He wanted to secure back to Carson Wentz, but you can do that. In any other way, they did that. They actually did that previously before they drafted Jalen Hurts. They went out and signed Nick Foles in free agency to make sure that they had a reliable backup behind Carson Wentz. And it cost them a premium draft pick. It just cost them money. So, I mean, we can, I mean, again, this is spilt milk. This is revisionist history. It's over with now. The Eagles moved on with Jalen Hurts. But I don't care. Something, something inside of me tells me that that's what, how he wanted. This is this is going exactly to plan when they drafted Jalen Hurts. You Use a premium pick on a second round pick on a quarterback. You're wanting to see that quarterback out on the field at some point. You want to see that your investment at some point. And the Eagles are seeing it, and he's becoming the starting quarterback. So I don't want to say how he envisioned this future per se because I doubt it. I mean, unless he has a crystal ball, and I want to get the winning lottery ticket numbers. But you know, he was at that Senior Bowl in 2020, and I firmly remember all the reports there he fell in love with jalen hurts at the senior bowl you know i think in 2019 there were signs of wow this might actually you know not work out we're actually getting second thoughts on our investment i think there were i think there was definitely signs you know i think carson played his best football during the winter time of that season but i still think that there were signs and i think you know Hindsight's 2020, but we're looking back on this situation now. I'm sorry, I he can sell it and everybody can buy it, but I'm not buying it. He did not draft Jalen Hurts envisioning a long-term backup from a second round pick. I just can't have I just can't buy that. I'm sorry, I just can't. You know, he fell in love with a quarterback, he took that quarterback, he was bold enough to take that quarterback. And I'm gonna tell you right now, again, hindsight's 2020, but he ended up being right about that decision. Because that quarterback has proven to be his starting quarterback. And it's actually a good thing because his former starter fell completely apart. I don't think Carson could spend more time in Philly. I know the reports suggest that, you know, the Eagles wanted to hold on to him after 2020. And, you know, they wanted to mend that marriage. But I think the minute that he requested the trade, they were as appalled as he, as, as he was of them. I don't know. Yeah. I just I, It's hard for me to buy it. man. It is. So I think right now the Eagles are in the best position they were meant to be in long term. I do. I think they were.
1: Yeah, I think if you took a poll of Eagles fans right now and asked who would you like to be your quarterback, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts, I'd say probably 80% of those fans would say Jalen Hurts, if not more. Um, But, you know, here's the interesting thing is here we are two years later and the Eagles have the number one ranked offense. I know it's only after two games, but. Carson Wentz has the Washington commanders in the top 10 in total offense as well. So who would have saw that coming? And, you know, two years ago in 2020, when the wheels were off the Eagles machine, it was four 11 and one Wentz was benched Hertz replaced him. And now here we are two years later, Wentz is on his second team and he's got that offense in the top 10 Hertz now entrenched as his second year, as a second year starter, He's got the Eagles offense riding high, number one in the league in rushing, number two in passing, number one overall. They're averaging 475 yards a game, which is crazy. Um, The last time the Eagles had two games back-to-back with 450-plus yards was uh, in 2017 in the NFC Championship game against the Vikings and then in the Super Bowl, 52 against the Patriots. That was the last time they had back-to-back games with 450-plus yards. Total offense, and that was in the you know the Nick Foles days, obviously. And now here we are. Hurts is doing it. Um, but it's gonna be a good match, you know, it's gonna be a really exciting matchup to see uh how this all plays out. And the best part is is we get to do it again in Philadelphia on November 14th when Washington comes uh to Lincoln Financial Field for a Monday nighter.
0: You thought the booze were bad for Jill and Rager?
1: Whew. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, you thought the, the booze
0: were bad for Russell Wilson in Seattle?
1: Woo. Yeah, and you're right. And there'll be more of them than there were for Rager because Rager was only on the field for, you know, whatever, five, six snaps. And, you know, Carson will be out there if he's still healthy. He'll be out there for, you know, 60, 60 snaps, whatever it is that he plays that night. So, yeah, the boos are going to be uh, pretty loud. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be loud on Sunday, too, at FedEx Field in, in Landover, Maryland. I mean, there's, you know, I saw somewhere today they said that there's going to be like 50 percent of that crowd's going to be Eagles fans, mm-hmm. some website that monitors that stuff. So, you know, it's going to feel a little bit like a home game and there's going to be booze for Carson Wentz down in Washington. Um, the Eagles always take over FedEx field um, whenever the Eagles play there and they're going to do it again on Sunday. So, you know, get ready to hear some booze on television if you're watching it on television, because they're going to boo Carson Wentz when they see him.
0: What matchup are you looking forward to to watching this week between this Eagles team against this Washington team?
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing Wentz kind of, you know, see uh, if he can move this offense against an Eagles defense that, you know, uh, blitzed a little bit more. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to get after Wentz because we've seen him uh, in the past. He gets a little flustered. He holds the ball a little too long. He's prone to fumbling. I think he's got 67 of those in his career. He's lost 28 of them. Uh so I think that's the matchup for me is this Eagles defensive line against the uh commander's offensive line because they want to pressure Wentz. They want him to hold the football uh and maybe make a bad decision with it. So I that's the that's the matchup for me. And I think they can get at least two turnovers out of Carson Wentz on Sunday.
0: Ooh, ooh, two. Okay. Yep. Okay. I like that. Two turnovers on Carson Wentz. Hey, they just signed their center off the street. Yeah, Their starting guard's gonna be out. Their offensive line wasn't even that great with those starters in there as is. Uh, I'm with you on that. I think they could do that as well. I think, you know, a, a great matchup is going to be that a lot of people aren't really honing in on because, you know, it's Washington. I don't, They don't get the the most national exposure, but Jahan, Jahan Doxon, yeah. the wide receiver for Penn State over there, is putting up an offensive rookie of the year campaign right now for Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, I, I respect Terry McLaurin. I think Terry McLaurin is a elite wide receiver, too, as well. I think Dotson's ceiling's a little bit higher than his. I think they have a uh, mini Odell in his prime on their hands. You know, this isn't going to be an easy matchup. This is this is the game that you want to see Darius Slay and James Bradbury live up to their uh, their standards because these wide receivers are going to be no slouch for them. And Carson Wentz can still air it out. You know, I, I I still think Carson's a good quarterback. I do. Yeah. he's he's yeah. a he's a quality starting quarterback in this league, regardless of the mistakes, regardless of the volatile play. He's a good. He's a, he's a good starting quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, does he fit everything that you ask him of no in washington though the old school ron rivera ron turner offense that's inspired by north turner you know a team that has been going through Tyler, taylor heineke ryan fitzpatrick uh someone in so case keenum you know he's in the perfect situation for him i really do i think it's the perfect situation for him they're not going to ask too much of him. They're not going to even ask him to be a leader they don't care just come in and put up twenty-seven touchdowns and seven interceptions, like you did with the Indianapolis Colts. We'll take that any day of the week. You do whatever you want. You want on your John Deere afterwards. <laughs> and that's 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 the perfect place yeah. for him. So yeah. I think, you know, everybody's thinking this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a tough game. I mean, uh, this is going to be a a, a pounding because the Eagles really want to beat Wentz. I don't see that at all. I think it's going to be, like you said, from both sides. They really both want to beat each other. And it's a yeah. divisional game. You have to respect your divisional opponent. I won't be surprised if it comes down to a field goal. I really wouldn't.
1: All right, I think it's a hard my, fall game. My prediction is a little more slanted than a field goal, but uh, yeah, you, you know they have uh, they have weapons around Carson, right? They have you mentioned McLaren, Jahan Dotson, three touchdowns in two games. Um, you know Curtis Samuel is back from injury. Yeah. You know he's a real swiss army knife if you will you know he's a good yards after catch guy and logan thomas is a is a good tight end he developed into a very good tight end i think he was a quarterback at i think virginia tech when he came yes, in the and, you know the, the the commanders did a good job developing him kind of like you were hoping the eagles would do with uh tyree jackson who <laughs> has had a couple injury uh, situations here last year that he's still trying to rehab from but uh you know i think that uh the Commanders like to beat you deep. They like to live on explosive plays. And they're gonna, they're gonna take some shots downfield. There's no doubt. And and you're right about Bradbury and Slay. I mean, they're off to good starts. And but you know, you want to see this safety group with Marcus Epps hold up. I like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the way he's come along in just two weeks since he got here in a trade. Um, You know, he seems like he's just going to get better and better. I mean, he was out of position a a few times against the Vikings. But, you know, I like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And I like Avante Maddox. I mean, uh, you know, covering whoever it is that lines up against him in the slot. So uh, that might be an even matchup to me, the receivers against the secondary. But, you know, all it takes is that one deep shot uh, to connect. And, you know, then you get some momentum if you're Washington. So they're going to take their shots deep. And uh, we'll see how the Eagles play that. See how Jonathan Gannon plays that. Can
0: you believe you're saying that? Like, I like the Eagles' corners against their wide receivers. Can you believe that phrase? Like, I can't <laughs> believe that phrase. That, that, that doesn't you don't say that yeah. phrase? But it's they're playing not, well, it's they're, they're very playing weird.
1: Well,
0: oh, they're yeah. playing incredibly well. That's one of the best units on this team, if not the best, other than the yeah. offensive line, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, well, I that's probably about right. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that that defense overall against the Vikings was just, you know, a total team effort. You know, the the defensive line put pressure on with some blitz help. And, you know, the linebackers tackled well. T.J. Edwards had, uh, I think it was 10 tackles. He's just been, you know, to me, a four. He played a great game Monday night, T.J. Edwards. Um, The Kobe Dean can't even get on the field. He didn't even play any defensive snaps. Kaiser White, I think, has been very good. Um, at the linebacker position and mm-hmm. then the corners. Bradbury Slay. I mean, Slay was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week this year after that performance on Monday night.
0: Yeah, shout-out to T.J. Edwards, though. I mean, what a bounce-back way after week one versus Detroit. He he was electric all over the field. Um, it's yeah. he, make it, he That's the reason why Kobe Dean's not seeing the field because the way T.J. Edwards played on Monday night. Uh, Kaiser White as well. I mean, I'm telling you right now, folks, when you don't hear the weak-side linebacker's name a lot, that's a good thing. I'm telling you right now, that's a good thing. If you don't hear his name a lot, that means he's playing very well. I think what's going to be a great thing that we're going to bring to this pod right now is we're going to make two bold predictions for these games now. We're going to start doing that. I just got it off the top of my head, but I think we're going to start doing that now. Okay. And I'm going to, we're going to review on our, you know, our game after we recap the game, our, our bold predictions and see how close we were, or how far off we were. I got two bold predictions for you, Ed, and let's see, let's see what you think about them. Hassan Reddick gets two sacks.
1: Oh, okay. Old prediction.
0: Yeah. I get Hassan Ray getting two sacks. I think this is a breakout uh game is gonna become this Sunday. The other bull prediction is Miles Sanders gets 120 yards on the ground. Oh, okay. I think, you know, you before the before we got on the pod, you mentioned how, you know, the head coach has off the record stuff that we can't discuss, which I clearly understand how off the record stuff goes. But he goes over matchups that he likes, and then you you agree or disagree with him or not. I think, and he didn't mention this maybe, but I think he's gonna love, love this week. And I think St. Titans feeling the same way, taking advantage of this run defense in Washington. It's very poor, very poor. Um, their 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 leading linebacker, Cole Holcomb, is you know, looks like he's lost out there completely. Um, and if that's your your Mike linebacker and he looks completely lost out there, uh, that means your run defense is gonna struggle mightily. And you know, the Eagles have gone through those issues as well. So, I think Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, Jalen Hurts himself. I think they gash Washington's defense on the ground this weekend. And I think people are going to complain again and say, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't getting enough passing touchdowns. No, mean, not doing nothing there. Well, I think the Eagles are going to gash him on the ground and they're going to need to do much to the air because of that reason. And I don't think Washington's secondary is that good at all either. William Jackson has been a horrible for that. Their free agent corner they got from Cincinnati, awful since they signed him. I, Kendall Foodle is really the only good corner. I, I, and their secondary still trying to figure it out after the loss of their team captain, Landon Collins this off season. So I, they can beat them to there, but I think there's going to be such a great opportunity to run the ball and pound the ball. And I think miles Sanders, you know, he looks like contract year, miles Sanders. He looks like he wants to get his second big deal in the league, whether it's with the Eagles or not. That's the way he's running the ball. He's running tough North and South ed. Stuff that we're not used to seeing really from him. So I think he gashes Washington on the ground. This is really. His breakout party. I know he's already had great game against the Lions, great game against the Vikings, but I think this is his. I mean, 120 yards for Miles Sanders is just a lot, folks. And I think it's not running gets two sacks.
1: I like it. I like I like the bold predictions. Um, my mine would be. I already gave you one. I guess uh, Carson Wentz is going to turn the ball over twice. Um, I think the Eagles will force a fumble, and I think uh, they'll have an interception. I mean, this cornerback duo has got four picks already in two games. Now, I know Slay has two, but Maddox has one. Bradbury has a pick six. I mean, they didn't get their fourth interception last year until week five. So um, their first one came week four. And, you know, here we are week three, and they've already got four. So uh, I like the way the 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 secondary's playing. So I think they're going to get two turnovers out of Carson Wentz. I think they're going to pick them once, and they're going to recover a fumble. Now, they could pick them twice. Um, because I think that defensive line is going to get home you know and it would be great to see Hassan Redick after you know being blanked in the sack department these first two weeks get at least one hopefully two maybe three that'd even be better but um, that's going to be my prediction bold prediction number one is, is Carson Wentz uh, throwing or turning the ball over twice and then uh, I guess my my second one I mean I like Years, Miles Sanders 120, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think both Sanders and Hertz go over 100 yards rushing in this game. Um, we saw that in Hertz's season, or I guess first yeah, start. Yeah, New Orleans. Right? You're right. They yeah. did against New Orleans rookie year, and they had a pretty good defense coming in, and this defense doesn't run well or stop the run well. So, you know, I think I think we could see a Hertz Sanders uh, plus 100 yard game from each this week. Um, you know, and then Hertz will probably have another touchdown run. And I think he's going to throw two, two, uh, touchdowns this, this Mm. week. Um, I think he's going to, I think Eagles are going to put up a lot of points. Um, so, you know, I think he'll throw two touchdowns. I think he'll run for a hundred plus yards. And I think Miles Sanders will have over a hundred as well. Um, and you're right about Sanders. He, you know, he has committed himself in the off season to, uh, you know, being in shape and being better conditioned and all that stuff. And then, you know, it was disappointing to see training camp where he, you know, missed three weeks with a, with a hamstring. Um, but it looks like the Eagles were just being kind of cautious. They didn't want to push it and make it worse than it was. And, you know, that's the big thing, I think, after two weeks with Miles Sanders is he's he's running hard and he's staying healthy, which, you know, we all agreed that that was something he needed to do if he wanted to put together the kind of season that will lead to another contract either here in Philadelphia or, or elsewhere. But uh, I think he does top hundred this year. And the last time he did it was against Washington. So, uh, you know, Washington, I don't think has done a lot to improve that run game. You mentioned the linebackers, Jamon Davis and, and Holcomb. I don't think they're very impressive. So, so the Eagles I think can make some hay on the ground and I think they'll have two guys over hundred Hertz and, and Sanders.
0: I think the difference between Miles Sanders, and this again, there's only two games in, but I think we should start paying attention more a little bit to this, is I think he finally convinced himself he's not LaShawn McCoy. You know, there's always with him, he tried to use his elusiveness to win. And you know, very few can be as elusive as LaShawn McCoy. I do think yeah. he has a similar skill set, but he's not as
1: elusive, not even close. Well, uh, Shady so so McCoy's a, a, a borderline borderline hall of famer. He's I think he a hall, hall of famer. I mean, yeah miles sanders isn't i mean not not certainly not at this point and we're four years in now or what is it yet three years in so um yeah i mean he's got a lot of work to do if he wants to get in that conversation so yeah you're right i mean he doesn't he can't be mccoy nobody can be mccoy so well, let's hope he just settles for hey i'm miles sanders and i'm going to do what i do and not worry about being somebody else
0: well that's what it looks like to me because it looks like he's playing yeah. into his own comfortability so far i mean there's Many times last year, I'm like, "What is he looking at? Where's his vision going? Why is he bouncing outside? There's a little lane right through the middle. Go through it." This year, I'm not saying that. I know mm-hmm. it's only two games in, but I mean that's something to keep your eye on. It looks like he finally is—I want to say—figured out his struggles per se. But I think he's just figured out what he, what kind of player he is in the league.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, I think running backs that are shifty like him think they can do it all from a elusive standpoint, and that's just not the case. Right. You know, I've seen Marlon Mack. I've seen you know Steve Slayton. You know. All these guys that are very elusive, at, that, I mean, uh, literally shifty guys who believe that their elusiveness can win in this league, and they can't. You know, so I think Miles Sanders finally, you know, maybe figured that out, per se. Maybe he had Jamel Singleton, you know, give him some tough love because he wasn't due Staley. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just, and it, Joe Mixon struggled with the same thing. I'll tell you right now, for everybody out there that forgets, and Singleton was Joe Mixon's running back coach. Mixon thought the same thing when he came into the NFL with the Bengals, very talented running back. Everybody knew he was, everybody knew Miles Sanders was, was too. They're both second round picks, but Mixon thought he was so elusive that he can win with that in the NFL. And there was guys on defense that were more elusive than him. It took him a minute, especially with this offensive line. He thought with the Bengals offensive line being as weak as, as it was, he can win with his elusiveness. And that was not the case. Uh, and I don't know if Singleton, change, I mean, I know that they changed their coaching staff, so he had a new running back coach, but, uh, Last three years, Mixon's changed completely and has embraced himself as one of the top 10 running backs in the league from changing his style of running. And Maybe maybe Sanders is coming into his own and doing the same. I don't know. It's only two games, in, we'll see. But it, he's definitely changed his style a bit. It's definitely noticeable in the All-22. If you guys go back and look at it, these first two games, it looks like he's taken advantage of the openings on the offensive line where he wasn't doing that before. So mm-hmm. I like it. I, that's why I'm confident in Miles Sanders this week. and I think he takes big advantage of that Washington defense. He's trying to get paid. He's
1: trying to get paid.
0: Yeah, yeah. What is your score prediction, though? Let's hear the score prediction.
1: Well, I think, like I said, I think the Eagles are going to score some points. You know, they average 31 and a half points through two weeks, um, you know, and and Washington is averaging 27 and a half points through mm-hmm. two weeks. So, um, you, you know, these are two capable uh, offenses, um, and I just think the Eagles are going to, probably put up 30 so and i'm not sure how often washington's going to score i think they're going to make their share of plays but you know i think the eagles are going to win this game like 30 to 20 is going to be my prediction i think they're just going to um be able to kind of i don't want to say coast but i think i think they'll be in this control this game late kind of like they were with the vikings you know the vikings say they had their chances you know uh but they couldn't take advantage of them the block field goal cousins throws a pick um, you know, they get the interception on the middle screen try to Kenny Gainwell, who, by the way, Nick Sirianni took blame for that play call. He said it was a terrible mm-hmm. play call at that point. And I, and I agree. I think there was a lot of wrong things about calling that play at that time. I think I said that on the pot earlier. This you did. Video.
0: Yeah. You, you totally yeah. bashed that move.
1: So, I mean, the, and you know, so, you know, when Jordan Hicks returns it to the first and goal at the nine yard line, eight minutes to go in the game. I mean, it, the Vikings had chances. Um, They just didn't capitalize. And, Uh, You know, I think the Eagles will probably get off to a fast start like they did. I'd love to see them win the coin toss and elect to receive so they can march down the field and go up seven nothing before Washington even takes the field. And when the first time they do, they're behind. Love to see that. But I'm not sure Nick Sirianni will do that if he wins the toss. He always likes to defer and send his defense out. And I hate that. But um, I just think the Eagles will be in control early I think they'll kind of you know ride the momentum of the second half the ebbs and flows you know whatever chances Washington has I think the Eagles will have an answer for them Um, so I like the Eagles to win by 10 30 20.
0: Mm. Mm. I think the Eagles dominate the first half because I think you get another what the hell was that Carson Wentz first half type of performance because he did it against Jacksonville, he did it against Detroit I think he's gonna do it again because again he's still trying to adjust a new system and a new offense and New language and new new chemistry and offensive line that's, you know, pretty much revolving door right now uh, in front of him. And you know how he plays when their offensive line is in that type of state. So I think he has another what the hell first half was that? The Eagles jump up to like, a, you know, a 17 to 3 lead going into halftime. And they keep the gas on the pedal because I don't, I just don't think Washington's defense is going to be able to handle it. You know, it's crazy saying that because they have such talent on their defensive front seven, but I just don't think their defense is up to par especially Jack Del Rio's outdated system to handle what the Eagles are doing now in offense. I don't think so at all. So I don't think they're going to ever let off the foot off the gas per se, but I think it's going to be something similar to Detroit where Washington comes out second half, switches everything up, claws their way back into it to make it a little similar close game, but the Eagles still win handily. And uh, that 10 prediction is pretty good, but I, I, I have the Eagles winning. um, Let's just go 31 to let's go 38 to 30. Let's go 38 to 30.
1: Okay. That's good. Yeah. I mean, listen again, disclaimer here, please don't bet your mortgage or your kid's college tuition on what I say. And probably what Connor says (laughs) Because I had the Eagles losing the Vikings last week. I'm not, not, you know, I'm not ashamed to say, I mean, I thought the Vikings were a good team. I still think the Vikings are a good team, but the Eagles really took it to them. So again, take our predictions with a grain of salt, please. No wagering.
0: No. Good. Well, knowing that, I mean, the friendly better come on guys the week two eagles curse was real the friendly better has to take advantage of the what you know his opportunities and yeah i think the eagles week two curse was incredibly real
1: so i fell for it
0: but hey different team different era different football we're confident now we're saying the eagles are going to win we both have the eagles winning this week and i think handily uh per se the way that we use context to describe how they win uh I'm excited. I think this is a different Eagles team. This is definitely a different Eagles team. Uh, Good vibes in there. Nick Sirianni seems like he's ready to lead this team to victory against uh, their old franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz in Washington this weekend. That'll do it for us, guys. We will be back to recap the game early next week, and then we'll be continuing our game preview episodes, and let's keep it rocking and rolling. Enjoy the rest of the season. Remember, passing touchdowns aren't necessary in court unless you're scoring in still.